What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Up podcast here with the one, the only, unless you search it on Facebook, Jonathan Pearson. That's right. It is election day, and we are not talking about the Calvinism version. We are talking about good old American (laughs) version. I saw what you did there. All right, so today... Uh, with all that said and done, today we are going to be talking about three things that stop us short of our goals. As young people, as leaders in general, we have goals, or we should, I hope at least. And But there's there's things that stop us. I think, I was telling somebody this morning, Dustin, that if you do what you say you're going to do, you're ahead of 95% of the people in the world. Because most people don't do what they say they're going to do. And they don't have goals. And so without goals, they're just kind of meandering through life. And you never really know if you're going to achieve anything if you don't know where you're going. That's right. Margin is quite low, isn't it? That's right. Which I think is probably why some people don't set goals. Because without goals, hey, I won't know if I didn't get there. Anyway. I like to call it happy accidents. Yes. Accidental awesomeness. Ac- accidental said. awesomeness is actually a great life standard. All right, so just kind of um, unpack this for a little bit and just kind of set this up. Uh, where this is coming from is it's coming from a sermon that I uh, recently preached in which I talked about um, how do we finish what we start. And it's kind of a biblical definition of finishing what we start. And so we're going to kind of take it out of that context a little bit and talk about how do we finish the goals that we create for ourselves. And so I just have, we just have three things kind of outlined here if you're taking notes. Um, one, number one is distractions. Distractions often keep us from accomplishing our goal. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, my son and I, uh, my wife had something to do after he got off of day, out of daycare one day and going home, I'm like, well, buddy, what do you want to do today? And he, the whole way home, he talks about, he wants to go to Chick- Chick-fil-A. He loves Chick-fil-A and he talked about even what he was going to eat. He was going to get chicken nuggets. He was going to play on the playground. He even, Dustin wanted your son to come. Mm. And so the whole way home, he talks about that. And as soon as we get home, he walks in the front door, he sees his football laying in the corner and never mentions Chick-fil-A again. All he wants to do is play football at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of us kind of live life like that. And a lot of us at least lead our families like that, lead ourselves like that. And if we're not careful, that'll bleed over into whatever it is we're called to lead, period. Where we have something on our heart, we see something, we see somebody else doing something, maybe it looks good, or we see somebody else that we see a need that needs to be met, and we're like all about it for for a little while. We all know people like this. Mm -hmm. And so we're full out for this goal, and before we even accomplish it, oftentimes before we even actually put action to our thoughts, something else distracts us. And so I think um, distractions can come in a variety of ways. Sometimes it's people. Sometimes it's a doubt in the goal itself. Sometimes it's we no longer see a need for the goal. Sometimes the distraction is we uh, people let us down. Whatever it is, a lot of times we're distracted and we just lose sight of, of what it was we were trying to do. Yeah. Definitely as we were, as I was getting ready to, to, to record this, thinking through distractions, certainly using my own life example, I think. Some of the greatest distractions have honestly been good things, but not the right things. I know that sounds all leadershipy, and you can find all sorts of leadership um, advice out there on you know that that good to great mentality that oftentimes we settle for good because we're not willing to push through. And one of the things that I have uh, heard, and not come up with as my own, but have heard, and I think is a great idea, is the idea of uh, intentional neglect that you do have to make. Hard choices sometimes. I think a, a great example would be um, 
being a being a parent and being a, a you know a husband for our case or you know wife if you're a woman you know that uh, if I want to be a good husband there will come a point where I cannot always say yes to everything my child needs as well you know so so the goal is to be the best husband that I can be because that's going to lead to the best family that I could have and so there are some things I'm going to have to intentionally neglect through that process that honestly may be really great things really good mm-hmm. things but I'm not just going for good. Um, and so don't allow even the good distractions to, to pull you away from, from great, you know, from having a great goal, whatever that may be. And a lot of that is backed up to how much do you really believe in the goal and how much do yeah. you believe in what you're called to do. It, it's a vision issue, really. Yeah. Because if you have a full picture of the vision and you believe that it has to be, and that's what vision is, it's a picture of what must be. Um, then you don't necessarily get as distracted by those good things because you know what the thing is. And so I think that's a big part of that. Yeah. And I, you know, and it goes for all sorts of different things, but you know, career and, you know, personal relationships and all sorts of things, but don't, don't get distracted on the good things. Um, it's kind of like the, uh, the celery and the carrots that come with the chicken wings. Don't get distracted by the celery and the carrots. Those yeah. They're yeah. Just, I've heard both good things. I don't know. I have intentionally neglected them my entire life. Don't 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 let them take up valuable and, uh, space in your belly. And to be honest, I think I'm the better for it. I yeah. am the better for you it. You are. You are. All right. Number two is opposition. Opposition. And by this, yes, I do mean um, sometimes I think opposition are people. Um, and when 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 you lead, you will bleed, as they say. And so I think sometimes on our way to accomplish the goal, people betray us. Um, rarely do you hear of a successful story in a company, in um, a church of somebody who grew something, somebody who started something and grew it, and they net didn't face opposition because someone either abandoned them or stabbed them in the back. And let's face it, when when you're hurt personally, because we invest in this stuff, when you hurt, when you've been hurt personally, it can kind of knock you off of your goal suddenly. The goal isn't as clear. Suddenly, it doesn't seem as as worth it anymore. Um, sometimes the opposition seems stronger than, than than your ability to fight through it. And so, opposition is one of those things that when you are fighting towards a goal, one of the things that you have to know is that it's going to come. And also, I think I think opposition is often a fear as well, um, a fear of what's going to happen when I get there, or a fear of what am I going to have to abandon in the process in order to get there. Um, but I, I in in our notes, Justin, I have I have a little. Uh, four word or three word sentence that says when opposition comes don't retreat refocus yeah I like that. and I think that's important because opposition a lot of times we run in the other direction but instead it's it's a time for us to reevaluate to refocus kind of like a a, a shotgun is, is going to spread us out but we, we need yeah. to be a bullet we need to refocus so that we can get to where we're going even with the opposition well I don't think opposition can be looked at in a in a, in a sense as a positive thing that um as leaders specifically, if you are not being opposed at some level, you're probably not doing a lot of leading. Because yeah. what leaders do is set new new trails. Push I mean, against the norm. Yeah, and so I think it's our responsibility to look at places that people have not um, done things. Uh, Craig Rochelle, of course, has a great podcast, by the way, too. We'll link that. Um, well, we'll link that. I'm sure. I'm sure he he knows about us. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll hey, what's up, Craig? Craig Craigie, as I call him, old Craigie. Yeah. Uh, but he has a saying that you know, uh, to reach those who aren't being reached, you must do some do something that others are not doing, or somewhere along those lines. I'll probably kind of. Sorry, we misquoted you, Craigie. Craigie, Craigie. 
Captain Groeschel. I think it's like a cereal. But I think that's a very powerful statement that as a leader, you should almost anticipate and look forward to the opposition because that means that you're pushing against something. You only know you're going upstream when you are going against the current. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of times I think opposition is an opportunity for new momentum as well. Um, that's right. I mean, if you think about the way that momentum is, is built, especially like it's, it's the middle of football season right now. So if you think about the times where opposition is strong, where somebody's playing a really good team, that that somebody can come off of a win of of, an, of upsetting a, a highly ranked team, and it can carry them through the rest of the season because a strong opposition can also help build momentum when it's overcome. And yeah. so I think it's it's all in how you focus. That's what I'm saying. Refocus is all in how you focus on the opposition because it's also an opportunity to learn, to grow. Yeah. Um, to, and even to, to see the weakness through. in yourself. You, you made a mention about, you know, even a personal sense of fear. I think a personal opposition often means that it's something that, that you're weak in, that you need to, you need to strengthen on. I mean, when you're, you know, working out or something, you know, you work out not just the parts where you're the strongest, but the parts that you're the weakest. And I think opposition as a leader, personal opposition highlights places and, and blind spots in your own life to say, you know, I, I need to, I need to, why not need to work on this? I may not be great at it, but maybe this is something that I need to, I need to take notice of. Yeah. And I think um, when it comes to opposition, when it comes to people, I think sometimes we assume you, that the I opposition, you, I think you punch them in the face. I think that's the best policy. That's step B. That's okay. Plan if, B. If, if, plan, if plan A doesn't, doesn't work. <laughs> but a lot Back of times task. I think we see opposition and we think it's going to be people that are disgruntled or don't see our side or, but I think sometimes the opposition and accomplishing a goal are the people that are closest to you. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because you're having to sometimes kind of readjust your life. You're having to um, make di- yeah. differentiate your time a little better. And sometimes you're not doing well, what we they do want you to do. We a whole podcast on opposition while we yeah. talk about this. And so I think it's important that we honor those who are around us and we love those around us and we take care of the people that take care of us. But at the end of the day, the goal, the vision that we have cannot be overcome by opposition, even if it's opposition from someone that we actually like. I got it, folks. Get out your pen. If you're driving, take your hands off the wheel. This is important. This segment has not been approved by the Next Up Podcast. Find the opportunity in the opposition. Boom. I would drop the mic, but I don't want to break it. Yeah, thank you. This thing's expensive. Find the opportunity in the opposition. As a matter of fact, Dustin, the same sermon we're talking about within that, I said when the opportunity is the greatest, the opposition is the strongest. And I think that goes no, you did. along with I, I so did. I totally had this original thought just now. I so did. It is in my sermon outline. Folks, don't let his opposition against my brilliance <laughs> set you back. Which brings us to the next point. Jonathan, number three. What is number that? three goes uh, right along with it. Nice segue, Dustin Bates. Nice segue. Um, number three is set back. Um, Not your clocks. The truth is, is there will be setback. And, and I know this goes along with, with opposition uh, really well. But sometimes I think the setback are, are, are those, those smaller, just kind of those frustrating times where maybe you're not feeling it. Or maybe you felt like you're making some progress. Maybe you're trying to develop an app. And you felt like you made some progress over the last week. And then something happens. You, you lose something. You miss a file. You do something. And there's, it's not completely destroying. And it's not necessarily something you can help. But it's just kind of a setback. And I'm one of those people personally where I can deal with um, opposition. Um, I'm not easily distracted. But I can be easily um, have kind of have the wind taken out of my sails. And so I think the setback for me personally is are those things that I can't control 
that um, just seem to kind of take the wind out of myself. And honestly, I think this is the biggest thing that stops me personally from accomplishing my goal. It's just like you're hitting the wall, a glass ceiling over and over, and you finally break through just to see that there's another glass, glass ceiling, and you're just like, ah, it's it's so um, debilitating. Yeah, I, I think looking at this, probably from most of us, I would even say that you know a certain sense of opposition, if you have any kind of leadership inkling, um, a little bit, you like going against the current, you know, to use that illustration. I mean, I, I know that personally I don't like to do what everybody else is doing. I think there's a certain counterculturalness that comes with, with leadership type people, styles and stuff. Not all the time, certainly. But I think the difference between uh, opposition and a setback is, and how you were talking that setbacks ultimately become the, the worst part, is that really setbacks are failures. And it could be failures on somebody else's part, which I think is hard to do because that's where anger and bitterness comes in. Maybe somebody cheated you or failed you or didn't follow through. Or somebody you're leading and you're disappointed. You're disappointed. That's an easy way to do. We've kind of experienced some of that as young leaders of investing in people and then uh, honestly just getting disappointed. And it's a lot of time and energy. It feels like a setback. It feels like you have to take a step back and, and step back into something you thought you were finished with. But it can certainly be personal, personal failings, personal uh, not meeting up to your own standard. And so I think setback is more the failure piece where opposition is just more of the resistance piece of that. But do not allow the setback because the reality is most of the great stories are birthed from the setback, actually not even the opposition. Yeah, actually, in when, when, I, when I preached the sermon, I read kind of um, the last few verses of I think it was – Matthew or John, where the the women go to the tomb and they they kind of leave disappointed that day, and then the next morning they come back with the spices and Jesus is resurrected, mm-hmm. and the idea in that was that there and one chapter ended with the, what this looked like this setback, but a new chapter began with a victory, and so sometimes I think setbacks can be the end of a chapter because they propel us forward. The key is we can't let them be the end of our story and the end of the goal chasing that yeah. that that we've been doing setbacks can cause us to bow out or step up um the choice is, is ours and so when we when we come against that setback um it's not time to to bow out it's not time to throw our hands up it may be time to to refocus it may be time for yeah. us to remember our why it may be time for us to get different people around us but it's not time to give up if we're convinced that that's what we're called to do yeah because i think i think an easy thing to do even in a setback is to think that the course was wrong, but that's not always the case. And sometimes it is just, like you said, a refocusing or, or a renewed energy sense. Sometimes a setback is honestly because it was the right direction, but the right momentum was not there or the right people just weren't there. I mean, how many ideas have probably died? Brilliant ideas, brilliant leaders, but just who were tired and quit pushing just before matter of fact I think you used that illustration actually in your sermon of a guy digging and, yeah. and and you know but 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 stopping just before because the setbacks became a little too numerous a little too often and although I, the the path was right the direction was right they gave up just a little bit too soon yeah um, the story is is Napoleon Hill wrote in a, a book um, I think it was think and grow rich um, back in the 30s of a guy who during the California gold rush bought a field and um, he was fully convinced that this field had a gold mine on it. And so he, 
he did everything he could for the next several years, I think, to dig in this field, just convinced there was a gold mine on this thing. But he didn't really have some great tools, but he just had like a belief. And so, so, there, so there you go. That's, that, that, that's a, that's a did, big piece yeah. right there, though. The tools. And so he would find stuff every now and then, but eventually he just got frustrated. He's like, I'm selling this thing. and So he sells it to these people who go and they hire like a, uh, a land surveyor and they have hire a geologist and they get some of the right tools and they start digging. And of course they did find the gold mine and they figured out that this guy had actually been at 1.3 feet away from it. Mm. But he stopped because the setbacks, the opposition, the distractions were too great. Mm-hmm. And so I guess we can wrap this up by saying your goal is the gold mine. Don't give up because once you were fully convinced that there was something there and that it was worth your while, don't be distracted. Don't let the opposition bring you down or take you out. And don't let the setbacks frustrate you so much that you bow out. Yeah, that's good. All right. Everybody have a great month. And we will see you next month with a special Christmas ho, ho, ho episode. I'll be dressed up as Santa Claus, but sadly you won't see it. We will say a lot of ho ho hos though. A lot of lot of lot of lot of gift giving. We're gonna be dropping some gems into your mind stocking. Boom.